What's up, everybody? This is uh, episode two of the Blank Sutra podcast. My name is Cameron Dorsey. Sitting across from me is the um, man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, um, the one and only... Carlos Reyes. Yes, sir. How are we doing? Fantastic. Ex- Fantastic. Man. Excellent. Quite a quite a day that we are now experiencing. Uh, we just actually, I would say like a, a week, we've uploaded our first episode. Oh, yeah. And we just completed, uh, today we actually just completed some more of the tracks and the recording for our next little bop that we got going on. It's cooking. <laughs> nice. It's cooking. It's it's going to be coming out of that oven real nice for, for all you listeners out there, all you interest. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm learning how to use video editing software for the first time in my adult life. And thankfully, I have some experience with like DAWs and there's a lot of, um, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of similarities there with like uh, time stamps and stuff like that. But the learning curve is still pretty steep. Not even going to lie. So I'm I'm learning. You did a great job. Thank you. O- on Thank it. Thank you. I-, I would give it a B minus. As I said earlier, I'd say like a good B minus. And if I'm going up from B minus, I'll be, I'll be at A plus in no time. Move out of the way, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, dude, like, (laughs) I'm your editor now, Mr. Spielberg, whenever you make um, uh, Schindler's List 2. Schindler's List, uh, King Kong, uh, he didn't do Skull Line, but he did the the one, no, 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 Peter Jackson, Jackson, yeah, Yeah. Peter Jackson, King Kong, and you know all the other Steven Spielberg movies, but what I'm saying is, like, you did a pretty, like, well-manageable job on the video editing. Yeah, well, thank you very much, it's it's only going to get better, I feel. Yeah, no, dude, I, I give you props because it is quite a different um, zone of creativity because you see what you're making right as it goes and you just have like all the videos to compile and yeah. deal with. Yeah, and the thing is like I'm so used to using like digital audio workstations that I can I can pretty much do most things that I want to hear in like a, I can like reverse engineer them and figure out how to do them relatively quickly. Mm. But with the video editing software, I would just kind of try it and then fail and try it and fail, curse fail. at myself, <laughs> punch your computer screen a few times. <laughs> yeah, you know, dude, just like, like <laughs> exactly. Got to get a little, you know, get a little hot in uh, in my bedroom uh, editing sessions. But then Google and YouTube are great resources for everything, so I, I would just use those and. Um, you know, two forty-five minute introduction videos later, and I'm I'm in there like swimwear, brother. I'm I'm a Hollywood video editor now. Yeah, yeah. You 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 are the guy to to hire. I'm the next man. Time. That that is stuff that you just add to your to your list to your forte. Uh, there's like several people you've mentioned to me. Uh, I one thing that you've brought up before, like Russ, for example, uh, American rapper. He does his own engineering. He does his own. I think he does some of his own video stuff. I'm not too well versed on the Russ universe, but you've told me a bunch of times about dude. That guy, that dude's crazy. I'm not like, like really big into his music, admittedly, but like, his story is just crazy. Because mm. he like was making music for, he said like ten or eleven years with no results. And then one day he was like, you know, I'm just going to put all my chips on on black and uh, roll them dice, you know. And he released a video, a song and a video every week, like at a time where whatever algorithm was functioning 
at that time was very receptive to what he was doing. Algorithms. Algorithms, dude. That's that's the name of the game nowadays. But back then, I don't even think the algorithm was, um, I think it was like really in its infancy. And so just the um, the consistency with which he was uploading was allowing his content and stuff to get in front of more people quicker yeah. and more readily available, build the fan base. And then like by the end of that year, he was like, I am a full-time musician now. So like... <laughs> you know, like that's that's awesome. It's crazy, yeah. Years, uh, early algorithms, early you know, social media, YouTube, all that sorts of stuff. It, coming off of like the the first episode that we were did talking about, just like how great of a landscape that we're in right now to just like do what you want to do and just like start putting it out there. The experience of starting this um, with you and going through like you know, create a Google account and you know. What kind of like uh, all the logistics? You guys, all, yeah, yeah. What, what genre are you guys talking about? It's just like very, very unique. It's almost like you're raising a child in in, in, in no, such for a sure. sense. And like, I, I like the aspect of having to define it too, and like define what you're about. Writing out some like a, a little bit of a mission statement too, mm-hmm. um, which we did write out a mission statement, but I'll I'll share that a little bit later. Um, and a bit of a stroke of our ego, just looking at those analytics like the nine i think at that time nine listeners boom whoever you guys are thank you thank you so much. i know a couple of you guys and you as well yeah but uh, again very much big hug and we got like two guests locked and loaded ready to go who, yeah. who want to come on. I ha- yeah, we have several names of uh, some people that we definitely want to bring on and they've just been like again also encouraging of this like uh, universe that we're creating. Absolutely. It's a lovely thing. Um, yeah, I, I also was thinking about like live streaming today. That might be a cool option in the near future. I see a lot of people do live streaming. That's something very, you know, interesting. Even when they're like doing their own sets or doing comedy. Yeah. Just having like a live stream. Exactly. A a lot of comedians that I listen to, they also do just like a, not like a bullshit live stream, but it's just like, hey, I'm just playing video games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Feel free to ask questions or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. If if it gets to that point, that'd be sick if if you get paid to play video games. Yeah. I think we need more, more of that. Yeah. In in a way. Yeah. Uh, And I, man. I haven't played video games in a while because they're sort of like a methamphetamine to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, some would call them time vampires, you know? Like, admittedly, I've... I, I, I got to check my Steam again, but, like, I put, like, <laughs> <laughs> like 400-plus hours into S- Civilization Five. Oh, so you're one of the few that plays that. One of the few, brother? That I know. Are you kidding me, dude? Like, there's a community out there sharing tips. I had, I had co-workers that were really big. Is that a game that you're always, like, building? I some... mean, yeah, it's like a real-time strategy, top-down kind of game. Okay, kind of like a SimCity sense where you're, like, calculating the next government or something somewhat i'd say sim city's a little more dry for sure like because there's no real you don't got to worry about some other nation like raiding your city or or attempting to but it's more like 
you have to be strategic with where you place your cities, the resources around those cities. You have to work the resources, and you know, you certain cities specialize in certain things depending on where they're located, depending on a bunch of different factors. It's just like it's like a really big algebra problem where you're constantly like, you know, hopefully choosing the right numbers to put in the place of the variables, mm. um, and uh, sometimes you do real good, and sometimes you just suck, and. Uh, it was it was good for that but uh, again it's a time vampire and you know time is of the essence in life yeah. and i want to use my time to do more things like this like create this podcast with you keep doing the video songs and just music in general um man this video song this week is probably going to be pretty sick or this next week honestly cuz your boy's still a a baby in terms of davinci resolve but i'm going to I'm gonna wow myself. I want to get that B minus up to a B. You know, I'm not looking to knock the door da- knock the doors down or anything, but you know, get on the the principal's honor roll. In a sense, someday, someday yeah. it will happen. Someday we'll all hey, be free. Hey, I see it. Oh yeah, I can definitely see that happening. Thanks, dude. Uh, dude, you pu- you put it pretty pretty right. Time vampires, because I've I've had my fill of just like. Uh, First-person shooter games, Ooh, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Halo, yeah, I was really into. Oh, Halo Gro- three, dude. Ooh, growing growing up into like uh, going to the library a lot and just like having that free time mm-hmm. was just like, well, I wasn't really a big book person, so I wasn't really like, using as a kid. You're not really like using that time in in a sense, as especially for the people that I was hanging around with like back then. It's just like we don't really want to do that we we, we want to just like have fun or just like you know spend countless of hours doing this not doing homework yeah and dude, yeah into adulthood it it it's still there and like yeah i'm glad i'm not like fully immersed into yeah, that dude. world the, i mean the the pc laptop that i have i only bought because of the like the processing power and the ram and stuff yeah it's a nice laptop but there is the insidious demon of uh like having steam on that computer and i don't have like any games loaded onto my computer because i just know mm-hmm, you know you know where that goes you know where that time's going to be going eventually and like okay this is like the blank sutra podcast about like you know semi spiritual music uh related things but I I always thought that video games, after a while, I came to the realization that video games are kind of just, uh, they, they simulate progress and they simulate um, personal expansion and uh, goal achievement. But what made me sad about it after a while was like, the same goal that I'm achieving in this game some other person can achieve like there's no true authenticity to it and i'm sure someone out there is like ready to go with uh there's leaderboards wrong, but th- th- there's all that stuff yeah i mean when you're talking about online that's yeah. different I but mean, that even the same thing that stuff goes away like look at old uh i think it's like star wars battlefront i forgot it was like playstation 2 online games once once the PlayStation 2 got phased out completely, those servers are shut down for the most part. Oh, yeah. And so once those servers are down, 
no one's playing online in that community. You'll just open up to an empty lobby or you'll just get an error. So and sad. then your leader ranking is just no more. Gone. It's gone. Yeah. Like that. Gone like the wind, baby. And um like I'm I, I guess more so I'm talking like in a single player sense because I was never really big into like online games gaming, I should like land parties. I suck at Call <laughs> of Duty and, and and shooters in general. Like Me too. I'm just not good at them. Like my K D ratio is horrible on pretty much all of them. But more in a single player sense, like say it's a game like Fallout or um, Elder Scrolls, one of the many of those. Like, there's what you do in it is like goal achievement, striving, fighting, leveling up, improvement. But it's all within like a very, um, it's an encapsulated thing. Like, there's no, I mean, unless you get into modding, but that's kind of. That, that there's a creative element but yeah, in the side. base vanilla game or even when you have all the dlcs that you get in a game there's there's this closed space and limit to what you can do and the authenticity you can put forth in a game like that mm -hmm. and that kind of just made me sad you know like maybe it's like the fact that i make music a lot and do like other creative things a lot that i i think I get the adrenaline rush or the jolt from making something out of nothing more so than I do making something within the confines of something, you know? Because mm -hmm. if you make something out of nothing, like having creative genius as you and I and every artist out there has and is capable of tapping into, it's like... I don't know. There, there's no, there's no limit to that, and there are no parameters to that, necessarily speaking. There's no cheat codes for it. There's no, I mean, yeah. There's no cheat codes for it. You could, and you might be able to develop cheat codes. You know, your workarounds. That was something you, we, we were talking casually, uh, like in one of our, you know, just producing sessions about, yeah, video games were fun, but then as soon as like cheat codes are like heavily involved, it's like, you could do everything, and then it's like, well, what's left to do, dude? And that, yeah, that's that's when we were talking about limitation. We were talking about, um, we were talking about how this is as we were wrapping up yesterday, working on the video song. Yeah. But like, okay, so I played The Sims, as, like another kind of relatively real time strategy. Love game. The Sims. That's a damn good game. That's like yeah, like time people. time vampire to the max, you know. Um <laughs> but like the the fact that I I like I opened a game one time and started from nothing, had like 0 dollars and then I found the motherload cheat code. All the sim players out there will know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. like the key command where you enter <laughs> yeah, motherload in there and then it gives you like an automatic $25,000. You can build uh second floors. You, you can build you anything. Could, you could do. You could do. You, you can be Elon Musk in the Sims world, but I we were coming to the conclusion that like whether it's in that game or in life, I mean I haven't experienced it in life, but my experience in that game of doing that was like as soon as I as I put the cheat code in and I had like a million dollars in the bank, I was like, man, like this is kind of this isn't even like fun. This is just yeah. this is just like. <laughs> 
I don't know. This is like this is like playing God. At that point, you're you're definitely playing God. Oh, dude. But like in life, I'm sure it translates too, where like you you grow and transcend yourself, your weaknesses, your you know shortcomings through limitation. So like having limited time, having limited resources, having um. Uh, any limitation you can think of, if you can, if you can blow past that or build upon that, in spite of it, with love, of course. But in spite of that, that's where the true growth and the true pride comes in. You know, mm-hmm. like like a sports trophy. If you and your team play the whole season, you get to the finals. It's a real close game, uh, the final game, and you win. The the like adrenaline rush you get from that the dopamine cascade you get from that beats just like going to the store and buying a trophy and having your name engraved on it my, yeah, and my just plaque. yeah like pretending like oh yeah we, we won the finals like yeah we totally did you see this trophy here that i bought and had engraved with my name on it that says like you know uh, finals winner. Like, hey, same thing with like diplomas. People can just buy diplomas, yeah, have their name dude. plastered. Like that's crazy. The dude. president of uh, this campus strongly wants to give you a nice salute. Yeah, like if I could print out a bachelor's degree in psychology <laughs> from MIT and get a job from that, that's nuts. A, but B, like there's no fulfillment in that. And um, I don't know. We were saying, like, limitation is what gives you the joy in life and what makes you proud of yourself, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, The making stuff out of nothing, almost. Like, figuratively, it's like, you know, bringing creation out of thin air. But, like, you're pointing out with, with music, it's just like a, you know, you're working on muscle, in your brain and your your hearing and everything and you're using experiences lessons studies from the past into like this this workout this this yeah. exercise absolutely and you have something on paper or in this sense we have uh, a medium and that is uh, a song that actually has a visual tied to it that is also created out of thin air in such in such a way mm-hmm mm-hmm And, like, at that point, I feel, and this is for anybody out there that, like, wants to create anything, um, I I had my reservations about putting myself out there in that sense because I was like, you know, what if nobody likes it, this, that, and the other. But I got so much enjoyment from the work alone of building it and creating it that, like, at the end of that whole process, it's like, I don't care what anybody thinks, honestly. That is very true. I think... When it comes to like on on the other side of the glass, uh, to say like uh, you know recording or just like you know mixings, uh, like let's say like audio from like a band or from a show, it's kind of like my brain is like it wants to like see it as like a almost like a mechanic is just like opening up just like the the inner workings of like a car's transmission mm-hmm. and just like solving the puzzle that way to mm-hmm. to make it run again. Yeah. In my brain, it's very much of like looking through it like in schematics, but I'm seeing it in a relation where I'm used to is in in sound and in, in music and just like knowing like 
okay, let me grab this. Let me grab that. Now, do you think that when you do that, um, or have you experienced that when you do what you're talking about, that you feel a sense of fulfillment and pride and exhilaration once you get to that, like, promised land of a done project or a mix that sounds great or a master that sounds great like kind of the same way where it's like once it's done um it's not that i don't care anymore afterwards but it's like i had such a great time through the journey of it that even if it like even if it doesn't like get so many plays just to say that way it's like well still it was an accomplishment. Yeah. And there was a lot of things I maybe have learned from it. Maybe I've learned, okay, um, this type of miking technique wasn't like the most efficient, but through that moment of trial and error, maybe through that hour of just like, you know, scratching our heads, figuring out like the best way to approach uh, recording uh, an acoustic guitar, for example, I kind of learned, okay, so there's like a secret little method, not really a cheat code, but it's just like another alternative way to, to do things yeah. and this is stuff that you can learn online this is stuff that you can learn on udemy or or any kind of online site um so yeah kind of like tying it to like where we're fulfilling stuff and not necessarily like a cheat code but we're just like hammering out the the details through yeah through our time and our practice our our zen our uh flow state and that's what i enjoy mostly it's just like the flow state of creating absolutely of it and like i guess to to a personal story would be when i was first bringing songs to you for mixing and mastering and also like co-producing <clears throat> excuse me um like new pop yeah that was um that was just sitting on my hard drive a bunch of like in the box recorded guitars um no even amp modeling on any of them and uh a house beat and some synthetic drums that were programmed and it sound sounded good and i knew where where i wanted it to go and how i wanted it to sound but it wasn't until i brought it to you and we kind of co-collaborated on it and entered our own little unison flow state in those days when we were like mm -hmm. let's add the guitar to like the climax section near the end you know let's uh it, it was ideas that you had that you said to me and i was like man i didn't even think about doing that and then we did it and it was like this makes a song like four times better off rip than like what i was the limited vision with which i was thinking about it um it helps it helps have like an extra ear to to give a good glance and to turn into something else absolutely that being said um i am a treats T-R-3-A-T-S on Spotify. Uh, go check me out. Go uh, listen and enjoy. There'll be more music coming soon. Uh, Carlos has put in a lot of very hard work on these songs, and I want to promote them the right way before I release them. But, you know, this is a good time as any to promote it and to, uh, you know, say big up to my boy Carlos for helping me hey, out thank you being along the being along for the journey because this Likewise. man is, is very very talented at what he does so yeah man it's a it's a it's an honor to work with you absolutely man it's an honor to work with you as well oh, glad to have you as a friend oh dude 
first and foremost yes that's that 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 comes before any music or anything like man you got a good soul carlos thank you man i i sense it through and through here mm -hmm. uh one thing with uh creating and i'm sure um we've all experienced this before is just like kind of like having a writer's block mm. when moments just kind of like get us fumbling and maybe you've experienced that when it comes to like bringing up these songs like from your laptop it's like well it's, this is what i had so far it's mm. a couple of drafts and then just you know the light bulb goes off and you know adding a different layer of guitar maybe you know doing some different kind of harmonies is what actually broke you out of that uh, writing block or a creative block oh yeah um I was actually talking about this the other day with a with a visual artist this like exact topic of like writer's block and I've heard two schools of thought now um on how to approach and overcome writer's block you know um one being what my visual art friend was positing her name is Jess she said uh you know and and she is a she's a an, a worker and wants to do that and it has has the visual art as a as a side hobby um but she said you know i i wait until the inspiration strikes me and then i just spend a lot of time at once like hours on end plugging away at like the visual the, the and every little from macro details to micro details all that stuff but then if there's a day where i don't feel like anything's coming i just like let it be um that's one school of thought but the school of thought that i've uh enrolled in so to speak is you show up every day regardless um there's a, a great book by stephen pressfield called the war of art and uh i have both of his books in that series i don't know if he has a third one but when he makes it i'm gonna buy it great book um where he says, you know, like, it's all about showing up every day at the same time, relatively the same time, for the same duration of time. And he'd be like, you know, were the pages, because he's an author, were the pages that I wrote today, um, like, great or of note? Did I blow myself away? No, I didn't. But the fact that I showed up, I sat down here and put in the work, you know, to get this out of me, Mm. whether it was good or bad is a victory in and of itself and it's something to be proud of in and of itself and he um sort of is subscribed to the idea of the muse um an ethereal maybe um sort of divine being that is in the air that if you sit in the same spot every day with the intention to do art whatever your medium is and you whether physically call out or internally call out to that muse and say like hey i'm here to do whatever you are calling me to do right now and speak through me work through me you know people have call upon different things you know god yeah. and and but whatever you're calling upon something separate from yourself realizing that the the inspiration and the art is in the air and by being in that place at the same time every day 
you are opening your gate to the inspiration to come in. Is the inspiration going to be an Oscar-winning screenplay every time? No, it's not. But the fact that you're making yourself available in the first place at the same time every day consistently um, is what essentially he posits makes writer's block non-existent. You know, because you can say you have writer's block and if you put that those words and that intention on yourself, then yes, congratulations, you have writer's block. Don't write anything today. Just kind of mess around and have a good time. But mm-hmm. it's more healthy, I would say. You know, I agree with him to a certain extent on this. I'd say I, I agree with him like 98% on it. Like, just sit down and do something. Do something. Work on something old. Work on something new. And, like, don't be afraid to sound like an amateur doing what you're trying to do. Don't be afraid to sound bad by taking risks because those risks you take are what lead to the oscar winning screenplay or the you know um grammy award winning album the achievements yeah you you receive the calls back Mm, to you absolutely it's just like damn you're out here on social media you're actually like putting out like little teasers sneak peeks of like what you're doing I, I see a lot of people do like animations and they have like even some of like their draft type of material on their page and it's just like even if it's bad they'll you know they'll still put it out there yeah dude i love that i love the spirit of that like the spirit of being just like here is my soul whether you like it or not i'm proud of myself <laughs> for coming this far and being comfortable enough in my own skin and putting my ego aside to just do the work mm-hmm. and uh, allow myself to be open to the inspiration. Like this conversation right now is inspiring me just to go home and start some new project or put some work on uh, an old project that I feel like quote unquote stuck on. Yeah. You know, um lots of uh lots of old projects we got. Yeah, a lot of them. There there's one song I'm going to send to you um that I want to like now that I'm feeling a little more confident in my songwriting ability, I want to finish up. And quick story about it. I had this this loop, this this um drum pattern going and um kind of like a intro verse chorus uh post-chorus that's about as far as I got on it but I hit that writer's block part you know what I'm saying yeah. like where I was like oh man I'm kind of reaching the limits of what I can put on this thing I don't really know if I got anything else and I was going to record more guitar and there was a buzz um and audio people out there you know that if you're using an interface or any sort of like um any an, an interface of any sort, you don't want bu- a consistent hum or buzz means, in your signal. Yeah, it means there's something going on in it there. It means there's something going on in there that ain't good. And so I was scouring my my you know desk area like, where is this buzz coming from? Oh my god! And like, like a damn madman. Exactly. I felt like I was crazy, and I was I was moving cables and like using, putting in new cables, but the buzz wouldn't go away. And 
after a while, I didn't even think, but I, I had a um, like my cell phone charger hooked up to um, my Your LED strip light. or so. Yeah, yeah my yeah. LED light. That was, you know, it was creating grounding issues. And when yeah. I put my like, you know, physical hand on it and it had some absorption for the electronic signal, the buzz went away. And I was like, oh, man, that's crazy. And then I was like, wait, wait. And like I played the loop and I like on the on the two and the four, maybe like let go of the cable. So that after a processing and effects and stuff became like the main bass element mm. of the song because like i recorded it I, I blew it to hell with like overdrive and, and a bunch of distortions and, and like expanders and stuff <clears throat> and i ran it through some like um lfo modulation and so it became like this this sort of wubby bass after i like tuned it down 1200 cents and made it like a, a more fundamental tone. Like yeah, something usable. Something usable, like between like twenty to eighty hertz, something like that. And like after I was, I told so many people about that. I was like, oh my god, I am a mad scientist. I am a genius. Like you're looking at Nikola Tesla here, because I just <laughs> I used something that was really annoying a second ago to make something like new and unique and and something that i couldn't replicate maybe with soft synths you know maybe i could maybe i couldn't yeah. but i used like that momentary limitation to propel me past like the writer's block part and it was kind of like given to you as uh, a situation an opportunity yeah you know and i i can't wait to finish that song up and share it with y'all because and, and i'll let you know what what song it is specifically but it should be kind of obvious after how un, like long-winded that explanation was but it's it's a proud moment of uh both using limitations to transcend writer's block well using limitations and transcending writer's block you know both of those transcending writer's block both of those um Birds were killed with one stone in a, uh, to use a fucking really dark metaphor, but <laughs> you know. a good part of, a good part of like just overcoming that writer's block for me has just been remembering and realizing just having fun, you know, having the, it's almost like you're a kid again. If, if you can bring yourself back to the moment you just, you first got like a new guitar or like a new keyboard and you're just like messing around. Maybe you're at maybe you're at the music store, and you don't know exactly like what all these buttons exactly do. Um, just taking like a moment to just kind of like, oh, let me just, you know figure out some stuff here, and just you know see the expandability of what you can do with like this kind of stuff. No, 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 no need to read a manual. No, you, you just kind of like uh, you know open yourself to just like, oh, well, here's something you probably never thought about, you know, making use of or or thought that you'd end up being into. Absolutely. Like, I've had I've had uh, moments uh, where I'm kind of like maybe looking for a specific sound, and I'll tell you like I'm very interested with like the Foley sound design, uh, where you know like in in movies they're uh, actually like uh, brushing their feet or their shoes against like concrete pavement or like a bunch of leaves on the ground, and 
they can go with that to be used in a movie. So in that same sense, I was like looking for a specific sound of like wind chimes, but not like the glassy type of wind chimes. I was looking for almost like a wooden, very rough wind chimes. Right. And that's where I had the idea to just, oh, wait, I actually have them right outside. And it was just my mom's uh, wooden wind chimes that she has. Yeah, that's sick. And it wasn't much of a, a windy day, but I was just kind of like, you know, toying around with just like pushing it or like throwing it around a little bit just to get like, you know, the sound of it kind of like being pushed against, but not being so like disruptive. Mm-hmm. And it, it was pretty nice. And just, you know, use that for like a, an intro for one of Chris's songs and you know, it just kind of like enveloped into like, okay, now the feeling of this song, this intro, the intros of a person walking across the beach was, you know, much more established to mm-hmm. feel very like realistic. Yeah, that that's yeah, so. Chris Cherry, uh, spelt with a K, K-R-I-S. The dude has some serious pipes and I really, um, really align with the message he puts in his music. Um and I recorded some bass. Uh, thankfully, he allowed me to, and Carlos was cool and had me over and recorded some bass on a few of the tracks. And, dude, I, did he release the full album? Yeah, it's already out. Yeah, it's already out. Go check that out. If you're ever at uh, any of the open mics around Tampa, you'll be sure to see him uh, around there. Yeah, you can't, you can't, Phenomenal. Sw- you can't swing a sock without hitting that boy. You know, yeah. he is, he is out and about. He is in the scene. Um, I look up to him in that aspect for sure. Exactly. Just just being very open with uh, different creative ideas. So I've learned several cool things from Chris when it came to just like our little recording sessions, our, our mixing sessions, especially when it came to like percussion and just drums. It, it was more so just like treat it as like you're just feeling, you're, you're just feeling the room with it, you know, not be so like, tied to getting the right tone of you know a djembe or a conga but just kind of like be very like blissfully just you know play to your heart's content yeah and just whatever we're hearing maybe it doesn't seem like it would fit with it but in in creative ways we can use it to sort of just like simulate that maybe there is something like there's dimension into the sound that we're creating. It's not just guitar, but maybe there is like a dimension of uh, some auxiliary percussion off to the side, maybe pan it, you know, to one speaker and just like add something else to uh, elaborate on on the other side of the speaker and you're panning. It, it, it's all just like really interesting. That's stuff that I didn't like fully was like thinking about when I was just getting into, you know, recording acoustic instruments. And yeah, it's just like really unique i've i yeah. feel so yeah. it, for me that's kind of like overcoming a bit of like a writer's block it, more so like a like a technical block in mm-hmm. in a sense where you just mm-hmm. you, know, you can't really think exactly what to do uh with songs or you not sure if you're putting enough into already an existing song like um if you're eqing uh messing around with the faders a little bit trying to get like a good balance uh art- artistically i've heard uh mixes that are supposed to give a feeling that it's like very like rustic very rough almost and i've learned it's completely okay 
at times to have like that approach, especially if you look at it as the whole EP, for example, as a story. Mm. It's gradually it'll start off like it's coming from like a cassette player off to a side, and then it just kind of like turns into like a full like full frequency song, mm-hmm. like you know, ripping guitars, a nice bass that's just driving through, and then adding things like voicemails has been pretty unique. Um, getting into the world of using like analog equipment has has also been really interesting over time to just yeah. like open my eyes to just the possibilities that you can do in like studio situations yeah like a, a cool um example of that that came to mind when you were just speaking to that was um alex g that artist he has a song called gretel where he starts the song and ends the song with like the hook of the song but it's pitched up like maybe an octave or two and it's running it sounds like it's running on tape and you can hear everything is sort of like um what's it called it's it's sort of there's some good saturation that's happening to it there's some good like uh a, a flutter effect to it you know and then like he lets that run for a couple bars and then comes in with the actual song that that sample was pitched up Mm. from yeah you know and it's like first time i heard that i was like dude that's that's brilliant man i want to know how he did that and and it inspired me to you know like you're saying put more um uh amateur sounding things into into the music because you know hard and fast rules about things are good if you want to do something specific and um you know follow the order of operations to create a pop song or an r&b song but order of operations the rubric yeah dude. whatever you want to call whatever it. you want to call it but there's that there's a point where to become authentic and to um get past the limited scope of what that is uh you kind of gotta just wing it a little bit exactly to chris's credit you know like winging it and just allowing the space around you to influence it i think we were talking about that on the last episode like the space around you can aid in the music you're making then and in that in that moment it becomes a part of the music you know um it it imbues the music with reality and relatability and like uh humanness that is missing i think and a good uh blend of human the human factor oh yeah into it one one example last one on this one would be this this is a tune that me and Cameron we both mixed and recorded this is like this is from our old band Adverse Elements it was oh, Gypsy yeah. Funk oh, oh dude I forgot all about that until you just said the name <laughs> Whew. been a while this this song um it, I remember countless like moments just like rehearsing it with the boys and recording it but this one fucking outro was like what stood out to me and was kind of like it brings it back was just like using a slowed down like low pitch like no half speed copy of like the hook 
into like the background of like a market. Like we have a sound effects of like people in a market. An open oh, dude! Air market. And then didn't you fade it into like a radio? Into a radio, yeah. It's kind like of like you created into a into a and like like as if it was coming out of a radio in a the market. The whole time, yeah. So a- everything, just like the the final final chorus outro, just goes and not fade out, but it just kind of like a high pass filter into just like the sound of like, oh, it's coming from like a little tape deck. And then the tape deck just like stops, like someone like presses and ejects. And then you just hear like a bunch of people. It's like, oh, you know, just to, just to give the feeling that it's like, it was here, it was out here the whole time. Like, yeah. Or you're maybe like, you know, listening in headphones and you just put the headphones away and like, oh, now. Back to reality. Sort yeah, of yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like that uh, mixed reality VR no, for sure. Sense that you're trying to pull out. For sure. And I I remember getting real creative with the creative process on that song ASD we did. When at, at one point we put like this big orange amp into the bathroom that was yeah. in the con- that was like in the control room. It was like two amps or something, but we were putting it like facing against the toilet and then facing opposite of the toilet. It while, was loud as hell too. While the other <laughs> mic is just like next to the shower. It, it, it's weird because the the toilet the bathroom situation over there was it, it was big enough to have a shower I think but it just didn't have one it was just like a toilet and a sink but it had like a bunch of extra little space and we just thought hey it's just right there you can just feed a a direct line right yeah. into it and just then just reamp whatever you want and I think we used it for like noise because I was listening to a lot of Mars Volta in that era and they have like massive noise breaks in their songs yeah. where they're just using uh, like uh effects pedals to to modulate like this dude basically smacking his guitar or like doing cool little runs on his guitar but then after the effects chain it becomes like this wall of sound that's sounds like you're on another planet or something like you're listening to aliens talking or something you're, shit, you're you know? listening to aliens take a shit yeah yeah because cause in the end, it's just like, it's just noise, pretty much. And that that's that stuff is beautiful. That's that's what's been helpful for us getting through the writer's block. Oh, yeah. Man, I tell you one thing that has been giving me uh, an idea of how life and, you know, we're both busy people. Mm-hmm. We both tend to have, like, our calendars, you know, marked off with like really important events but Mm -hmm. have you ever felt yourself like feel like you're speed running through things take a minute to expand on that yeah uh, that term i was working in february in february march with a good co-worker of mine's at the hotel and he was bringing up this thought to himself and he was really an open person like how i am with you and it was just telling me, like, aside from, like, the stresses of, of work and, like, having to, um, you know, be appreciative of other people's efforts, coworkers or family members alike, anybody, uh, and then having to, like, rush into the next thing and then after that into the next thing, it's it's almost like uh, you're, you're juggling plates in, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And you just want to, like, get through things like so quickly you're pacing yourself more faster you're 
uh, you're sort of like, it's kind of like you're almost like driving through the red light in, in a sense. Mm. I've had that, you know, several times. I call it speed running through life because it's kind of like in video games where, you know, a speed run for those that know, it's just, you know, completing a game like really quick in the matter of like as an hour. fast as humanly possible. As fast as you can. You avoid cutscenes, you avoid all that stuff just to like, you know, get to it because you kind of feel like you you need to, um, you know, do this. You feel like you have to like, you know, be in such a rush to, to get it done because if you're not, then it's like you're, where are you? Yeah. If you're not being up, if you're not pacing up here, then it's like, well, then you're actually like being slowed down. You're slowing yourself down. Yeah. I mean, there's for like the, in, in the video game persuasion of speed running, I think there's also like some sort of uh, like cheeky anarchy angle to it where it's like these developers thought they made a real foolproof game. Let me show them uh, how I can clip through this wall yeah. and skip like three fourths of the game, you know. Um, <laughs> but yes, I do. <laughs> but yes, I do feel um, I do feel what you're talking about. Um, and I, I, I guess it's it's so nothing is either like inherently good or bad it's all about the intention behind it you know so if you're speed running preparation for a show or speed running the setup of something it's one thing if you know it like the back of your hand and the intention is just to get ready to go asap that's that's like one thing but if you're if you're speed running and forgetting to enjoy the process enjoy the journey mm. um that's where it can get kind of pernicious and maybe a little negative you know it can it can have a negative effect on you and can lead to burnout or malaise or like a, a jaded feeling when it comes to whatever you're doing if you're if you're prepping for a gig that you're playing or if you're prepping for a gig that you're mixing um or if you're preparing a mix like you or if i'm preparing um an instrumental for somebody if if you rush through it and you speed run it under time constraints there's multiple stories of artists being like um sort of that's where the the genius comes through in the time crunch yeah some sometimes yeah like sometimes you know but but i've heard of that about that before yeah there's countless stories about it but i think um yeah speed running through day-to-day things it's all about the intention with which you are pressing the gas you know yeah if you're pressing the gas to be like let's just get this shit over with then you know that's going to show up in the work itself no matter what the work is and i think you know to give space and awareness to everything you're doing at any given moment to get kind of spiritual with it that's how you do your best stuff um like that's a big angle um I've been reading like the two major Eckhart Tolle books and he he talks a lot about, you know, um Tolle or Tolle. I think it's I, it the German pronunciation is uh, like Tolle. 
Ooh. But Tole. Right, tole. Yeah. I guess it doesn't tole. matter. I don't know. Um, it's been a while since I was in German class. But the... It, like, if you can... No matter what it is, a good thing, a bad thing, if you can bring your full awareness and presence to it, that makes the thing good. That makes the thing, I won't say holy, but it makes it sort of like um, sanctified. The awareness. The awareness, the presence, being there when you're doing it. You know, whether it's running cable or EQing something. If you can just remember like... I am in this body and my intention is to make this the best that I can, you know, then you really, it's hard to go wrong in that aspect. But again, there's two sides to every coin. I, I don't think speed running is inherently good or bad. It just depends on the intention and how much like presence and awareness you have behind whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. And that differs I think it differs from like what you would want to play as a efficiency, like running cable. <laughs> There's like many times um, at maybe like a venue and we're just loading, we're loading out. So we got to put the gear away. We got to like undo, undo the work from earlier today and put it back in the bin and put it back in the truck. It's not bad because I've I've gone through it myself, um, and there would be people that just don't really care, and it's not that they're speed running, but it's almost like there's just like a level where they're just not really like I would say not fully there. They just kind of like want to like go outside already or have a smoke break. They know that they have to accomplish something, but it's just kind of like you know putting putting things in a way that's like almost like messy. It's almost like you're not really like giving value to what you're doing they're spamming buttons they're spamming buttons yeah there was a thing that what you said while back to me was about do one thing like you do many or like you do other things yeah it's like a quote that i heard i'm butchering it no 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 no, no, no. it's it, <laughs> that's it's, that's it's similar it's that, similar that's essentially the idea because but... it's been creeping in my head a couple mm-hmm. of times especially with like today's earlier actions and my other interactions throughout the week it's just like well damn that's it's uh, how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you make your bed poorly, odds are later in the day when you're at work and you're wrapping cables to break down, you're going to do that poorly. And it's, it's, a, it's a quote to live by for sure because, you know, it's it's true. Yeah. It, it's where your mind is at that moment of doing that thing that truly matters. Um, if you're hankering for a SIG and you're wrapping cables and just throwing them in the back of the, of the truck willy-nilly. Not being safe. Not following OSHA standards. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Doing, doing some criminal shit on the clock. Then, yeah, it's going it, to... And you and you just create obstacles for yourself in the future when you do stuff like that. That's a, I like that the the future out of it. Yeah. That's another part that I take into consideration with my actions of just like doing your bed, for example. Then Ooh, you can boy. come back to a nice or doing laundry on time. That that's mm. 
a big for it. anybody here listening. I'm sure doing your laundry can either take most of your day or it could take a portion of your day. But from experience, it's like it's got to be done or you're not going to have like anything nice to wear yeah. for the week. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, self, you know, it's like giving yourself self, you know, love or self respect to yourself. At least like be tidy, be, be clean, you know, show, show up. Mm-hmm. It comes back to that showing up. Mm-hmm. Shouts out to Jocko Willink for writing a really great book called um, Extreme Ownership. And like, uh, I feel like one of the main mantras or um, mission statements to be pulled from that book is discipline equals freedom. So when you think about the concept of discipline, you think about rigidity, you think about being um, locked into a, a certain step like a like a goose step a very confined thing you know but if you if you maybe in the moment it is you know depending on whatever you're doing if it's a if it's a daily routine a morning routine like making your bed meditating going out for a, a walk or a run um writing in the morning th- those things the th- those things equate to freedom in a macro vision of your life because if you're prioritizing the things that you need to do in that, you know, seemingly goose step sort of uh, Guantanamo Bay prison level of schedule and rigidity, if you prioritize the things that have to be done, then that equals to what that, that you know, the, the finished product of that, fulfillment of that equals you having extra time extra energy extra time extra energy you know that that's that's an example of 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 speed running through life in a positive sense like yeah. if if you have those um routines and and stuff set up in a fashion that by 12 p.m. you've got the laundry done your bed's made uh, your your room and your house is relatively in nice order. Clean your room. Yeah, oh, gosh. <laughs> Going into Jordan Peterson territory here. But, like, yeah, if you do all those things, then the rest of your day is freedom in a sense, you know. And, you know, you could be really crazy and spend the rest of your day messing it all up. But You can mess up your own fucking life. Oh, dude. You have the freedom and choice to do that. Done it many a time. Done it many a time, and I hope somebody out there has done it too. But, like, I, I'm I'm coming to, you said making your bed. I've been doing that for, like, the past, like, five months. And it just feels nice to come into your room at the end of the day and you have a made bed. And when you crawl into bed, it's not some blob heap on your frame yeah it's like a nice smooth surface it's just aesthetically pleasing you know and ah. sweeping the floor that's another big thing gosh it's good cleaning up this space is also just like again a rejuvenating feeling that's like okay now things are like pressed aside i was watching a video about feng shui Mm -hmm. uh last night and it just kind of brought back you know, memories of like going through my old bookshelf that my mom has of just like books from the library and talking about feng shui. I didn't really know much about what it was, but you know, given her um, her experience with like a couple of times of doing like interior decorating 
and just like understanding like how you want to have the pr- the presentation of what's in front of you mm-hmm. and this could also just be your room mm-hmm. this could also just be your house your your living quarters or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. just having it set in a way that you can like f- come home be in focus maybe go meditate in a corner or just you know sit down and you know journal or listen to some music mm-hmm. you'd have like just tranquility that you've created around yourself and you yeah. did it for yourself yeah and in my understanding of of Taoism and confucianism which i th- i'm pretty sure unless somebody can out there can totally correct me on this i'm pretty sure it's it's chinese feng shui is yeah yeah, yeah it is and that has got to be intrinsically linked to either Confucianism or Taoism. I think uh, with qi is also a, a thing tra- uh, brought from, and it's also from Chinese. Yeah, um, but like Taoism does is very much about um, the flow of energy. Um, I was really I have a pocket version of the Tao Tao Te Ching, and I read that when I was like 19 years old, and I was like, "Oh, dude, this is sick! Bro. I never even read anything like this." And it's like basically a bunch of poems and and yeah. and <laughs> like like 80 81 poems um, outlining very important things of life, and I'd say like a good gestalt of what the Tao Te Ching is trying to put forth is that um, there is a flow and an energy to everything. And if I had to link feng shui to it, I'd imagine that like, you know, having any room in order makes it so that the Tao, the middle way, can flow through your space. And you can be more receptive to the Tao, which is uh, the nameless force that is that we are all functioning within because like Taoism, the symbol is the yin yang uh the black white paisley on top of each other sometimes it's characterized by like two snakes eating each other's tail Mm. um and that sort of symbolizes chaos and order and the Tao being the middle way the name the Tao that can be named is not the eternal Tao is like one of the first verses so there's no real name for it i guess in western society you can call it like god or or spirit or source force um the Tao is supposed to be the line in the middle of the paisleys between the black and the white between oh okay yeah yeah. so that's the yin yang right yeah yeah okay but it's Um, the in between it's 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 the s curve in between those two paisleys on top of each other and i mean a a big part of it too in in taoism is looking to to nature you can you can figure out a lot of problems by being still and quiet in nature and seeing how things naturally unfold how from a squirrel gathering nuts to bring back to its like dwelling place to how the flowers turn with the cyclical movement of the sun, mm-hmm. how, how a, a river flows and breaks on a certain rock, you know, um, there's like a, a cool analogy. I'm pretty sure, uh, attributed to Taoism. That is, um, 
even the most jagged, hard rocks cast into um, a babbling brook, you know, some some body of water that's just rolling along consistently without ceasing. Yeah. Even the most jagged rocks will, given hundreds or thousands of years, become a smooth stone. Because the water acting as the Tao is the thing that is taking those edges off and making them smooth. And... You know, when I again, when I was like 18 or 19, I was like, dude, this is it. Like, this is what I'm talking about, you know? Um, and it's it's a it's a helpful philosophy. Um, it, it relates to so many other Eastern philosophies where it's like the, the Shakespeare quote. I don't know what he was on at the time, but he was he spits bars consistently i don't know bars. if y'all ever <laughs> listened or read into shakespeare at all but there's some there's some stuff he says it's like damn brother what what were you smoking um where he would say like you know nothing is inherently good or bad but thinking makes it so you know um i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher this so bad but there's like a story i believe attributed to buddhism where it's like there's a father and son that live on a meadow and they own a ranch and um <clears throat> one day the um the father allows the son to go out and tend to the horses that they have on the ranch and the son accidentally opens leaves the gate open and all the horses just run away and at the end of the day, the people of the town all convene, and the dad says, yeah, well, gate open, all the horses ran away, and the whole town's like, dude, I'm so sorry, that sucks, that's like your livelihood, bro, like, I'm so sorry to hear that, and he's like, well, they say, like, that. that's, that's horrible, and he said, maybe, you know, the next day, the son goes out to the horse pen, and the horses come back, but with four wild horses mm. like four more horses that he didn't have before and um at the end of the day people of the town convene and they say oh my god that's so cool like what a good turn of events man like you thought it was all lost yesterday and you got it today like you got double even, or nothing you got even more today and yeah. he's like maybe and the next day the sun goes out um into the horse stable gets on top of one of the horses in order to break it, you know, to to civilize get it. Get acclimated. Unquote, you yeah. know, get acclimated, saddle it up. And the son gets thrown off the horse, and he fractures his femur. And, you know, the day goes on. At the end of the day, the people of the town convene, and they say, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. That's, like, your only worker. And he's he's out of commission now. Like, what are you going to do, man? Like, you got to sell those horses. You got to break them in. Like, that's that sucks. And he's like, Maybe. <laughs> the next day, <laughs> riders from the uh, military of this, you know, nameless civilization ride through um, the town. And they come to that man's house with his son, who's bedridden because his femur's broken. And they say, we are, as a nation, commanding you to give us your youngest to fight in the coming war and the father says well i, I can't really do that like you want to you want to take a man with a broken leg and they're like well 
okay, you got a point, and they ride on. And at the end of the day, the people of the town convene in the town square, and they say, whoa, like, talk about luck from tragedy, dude. Mm. Like, you're, you're going to have a verified son, you know, until the next war comes. But, I mean, like, he's not going to fight this he's time. He's staying with you. He's yeah. staying with you. He's not going to be out there potentially dying. And the dad says, maybe. Maybe it's good. And that's the the idea of the story is that you're supposed to keep this, you know, kind of thought of <clears throat> no matter what good good or bad thing happens, your reaction to it should be like, okay, maybe. It's it's par for the course. Like it's in the middle of Exactly. Just- this and that, this or that. It's that. It's that middle way. And it's not thinking of like Shakespeare. I almost forgot what he said, but it's like it's either good or bad if you, unless if you put thought into yeah. it. Yeah. If you if you assign that value to it, it's yes. good or bad. And that's a, that's a very liberating feeling, and I I feel like that could translate to somebody who is wary of releasing their art putting themselves out there, um, bringing it back to like music and stuff, taking a chance by trying a new style, uh, learning a new instrument and recording it for the first time. You know, you can, you can, what, whatever of those situations you can do it. And what the people think about it doesn't necessarily matter. And even what you think about it doesn't necessarily matter. Like, once the art is done, pressed, and shipped out, it's no longer yours. Yeah. It's going to affect the listener how it affects the listener, and you can't be the police, like the thought police being like, well, actually, on verse two, I when I was talking about the refrigerator, I was talking about communism. Like <laughs> You're setting it free. You're setting it free. Yeah. You're letting it breathe, man, and that's very important, I feel. That's really good stuff. Um, that story... Uh, do you remember the name of what it might have been, or it's like one of like many of Buddha's teachings in like short stories? I I can't remember it, but everybody I've read or listened to kind of cites it. So it is a um, there was a, there was another one too, um, and this is our podcast, so I can say whatever I want, <laughs> whether it's right or wrong, exactly, but. There was there was another story, um, and I think this is Japanese Buddhism, so Zen Buddhism, and it it, it takes place in a town. Uh, there's regular townsfolk, and then there's the Zen master of the town. And um, one day, one of the families in the town who has a daughter, um, kind of, you know, hits a cultural, moral, ethical snag when. The daughter tells them, like, I'm pregnant. And the family's like, what? You know, this is in a time where, like, you you get with one man and that's it. That's it for the rest of your life, you know? Um, and she is obviously distressed, the daughter, at their reaction. And just on a whim says, it was Zen Master, you know, it was the Zen Master. Yeah. It's his kid. And the family who who loved this shamanistic Zen master now turn on this man. The whole town turns on this man. And they marched to his door and they said, you impregnated my daughter. 
you're gonna you're gonna take care of this and and you're you're gonna have to answer for this and all he says is is that so and time goes on she comes to term with the pregnancy has the child and uh, the family again pretty morally and ethically backward in the time that it happened uh they bring the baby to him and they're like this is your baby our our daughter's clean you tainted her but she will not walk around with this reminder of her tainting so this is your baby now and talk about child support i know right and the zen master says is that so years go by maybe three four years and um the daughter who is now like kind of moving and shaking in the world doing her own thing has this nagging in the back of her mind and she finally confesses to her parents like it, it it's not the zen master's kid it was one of the farmhands boys kids and you know we you know made love and conceived of a child but in my distress i just blame the zen master because you guys were so freaked out and looking for a conclusion to this that i just you know sort of blamed it on the zen master and so the whole town marches to the zen master's house and they're like dude we are so sorry like what how we treated you was horrible dude yeah. like <laughs> Uh, and you know, we gave you another life to support and, you know, I like to picture that, the, that they're, that they're at the front door and the Zen master has like the door wide open and the four year old baby is in the background, like meditating and making stones float all around it or something, you know, that's just fun little picture for me, but they're like, you know, we will, we will kind of take this burden off your hands. We wrongfully sentence you to parenthood when you weren't the perpetrator of the crime and he just says is that so and he go and grab he goes and grabs the kid leads him to the door and gives him to the parents that's it hmm and it's it's the same it's it's similar to the maybe story because like the dude the, the zen master in that situation his world got turned upside down and within a matter of like a day because yeah. you know they find out she was pregnant, they go to him in a in a tizzy. I'm I'm assuming he probably got hit or something, you know. Um, and he just met that situation, calling back to Shakespeare, and he said, you know, eh, not it's it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just what's happening, and I either rise to the occasion or I get lost in my mind net and my emotional preoccupation with who I am, who I should be, what I deserve, da-da-da-da-da. There's a time and a place for that. I'm not saying that you should just let people walk all over you, but anything you encounter in life that is a definitive concrete thing that you ain't either jumping over, climbing under, or getting around, you just have to accept that as the present moment or uh, you know accept that as the middle way as as the way that things are Mm. the middle way it's it's good shit man yeah there's a lot of things we're all can pick and and use effectively to to this uh to this episode's great topics um by the way cameron how how do you feel about with, well, actually, do we have an, 
any hints to the possible next bop that we might be releasing? Hints? Like yeah. like what kind of hints? Um, I don't know because we just did we did Whole Foods and yeah, <laughs> I a... I think to to slowly wrap things up this next one that we got released uh, for all the Florida listeners you'll definitely feel very appreciative and familiarized <laughs> with some of the lyrics yeah I, I, yeah the contents of the lyrics <laughs> the current state of affairs um you know i i like all this spirituality stuff but at the end of the day i'm a human being yeah and uh a lot of the uh subconscious uh maybe uh worries and opinions whether good or bad uh negative or positive in nature arise and I try to like just let that out in the music. And like Whole Foods was pretty stream of consciousness. The behind the scenes on that was just Carlos was sitting in the control booth doing like a a pretty quick mix of all that we had amassed in the 30 minutes that it took to make that instrumental. And he just turned around and was like, Kombucha, Whole Foods. And I was the like The Rising Cross of Kombucha. Yeah, I was like, Okay. It's too damn high. Let's 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 do it. And I just wrote song that started as going to whole foods to buy kombucha and then ended in a place of like the government is trying to take all of your money and make you die you know that kind of shit um but i don't like i don't walk around with those feelings in my heart all day and i'm not like getting on a soapbox screaming about that but you know if it's funny um that's all i want to that's all i want to do it's clear it's funny and with this next one um, I heard the lyrics and it's like, yeah, like all this stuff kind of relates, you know, going back to Florida and just like oh boy, all the stuff going on over here that's so known notoriety. We're, we're just living through it, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, people are coming and the, uh, the infrastructure can take it or it can't, I guess we're going to find out and that's all right. Yeah. We're still here. We are meeting the opportunity with a, with a. A smile of unbearable compassion, as as like the Buddha has on his face, mm. you know. Excellent. But um, in conclusion, uh, where can people find you other than treats? Well, I guess it's the same thing on your Instagram. Yeah, if you, if you type in tr the number three ats, uh, I don't really think anybody else has that name on on uh, Instagram. Or Spotify, maybe they do. Uh, I, I, you'll see a picture of me like smiling with a guitar over my shoulders. Um, I thought it was a dog. I know there was like a photo of you with a dog, but that was for that was probably for Muddy Waters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like a promo shot. But the the this one is just me smiling at the at the camera this this lovely lady named georgia who works at uh, muddy water takes pictures for like all the events and she promotes all the events she's really good at it and um she she just when anytime she takes a picture i know it's certified quality so i just use it um but it's cd underscore tr3ats on instagram and then tr3ats on um, Spotify, Spotify or YouTube, wherever I use distro kids. So like they put that shit everywhere. Um, 
please listen. Uh, tell me what you think, and there's there's plenty more to come. Uh, where can people find you, Carlos? Uh, Instagram, it's just sounds by Carlos, but underscore sounds underscore by underscore Carlos. You could also find my YouTube page, which is just Carlos Reyes. I have like one video on it so far, but I plan to make more just kind of like demonstrating just like things that I enjoy and things that I like that make cool sounds. And then you can also find me on Spotify just as Carlos Reyes and, you know, find some other sweet stuff that uh, myself has been a part of and also Cameron has been a part of in the recording realm along with our many of our friends and uh, folks here in Tampa, St. Pete. So again, for all those that are listening, I hope you enjoyed this second episode as Thank we you conclude this evening. Thank you. We love all of you and uh, appreciate you very greatly. Um, I want to do like an ad read next week. Sure. What <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's, it's, let it be a surprise. Yeah, it's going to be a surprise. You know, I'm just it... not going to ask. Uh, I will let it be just privately your idea and then just going to be like, okay, I'm going to use the bathroom camera. Just go ahead and just do an ad read. And <laughs> Yeah. And, and I want to like start uh, ending these with like prayers to the people or, or for the people, you know. But maybe not this week because uh, I don't I don't really got one prepared or anything. But just like a blessing to the people. I guess I could just generally say like enjoy yourself. Have a good week. Make what you make. Do what you do. Be present in all moments of what you do. Try your best. Um, try to meet every situation in your life with kindness, compassion, uh, peace, love, and joy. And um, again, yeah, from me and Carlos, thank you for listening so much. This is the Blank Suture Podcast. A giant